0: Eat, sleep, fantasy.
1: All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Eat, Sleep Fantasy Football Podcast, also known as the Mix and Match of Fantasy Football Podcasts. My name is Christian Brito, and we're doing something interesting here today. We're going to mix and match our episodes and mash them together. We're going to be giving you a couple of players that you can start with confidence in your fantasy playoffs. Uh, I kind of wish I had been able to give you my player prior to this weekend's games because he went off this weekend and now it seems a little cheap. But uh, I want to say how you doing. First of all, this is Christian Brito's part of this episode. It's going to be the best part. It's going to be the most insightful part of this episode. And without any further ado, I want to get into my first player. This player plays for the god-awful Miami Dolphins. But maybe they're not as awful as we thought they were at the beginning of the season, the unprecedented, horrible, awful that they started the first five games of the season. They've been decent in the past few weeks, and and they're more of a bad team than the historically potentially worst all-time team. So I want to talk a little bit about my Dolphins and a player that you can start with confidence for the rest of the fantasy season, and that is Devontae Parker. Now, he's a guy that I wanted to talk about before. He really had a nice breakout game this past week against Philadelphia, but let me give you some stats on Devontae Parker for the season, and you analyze how he's doing, all right? For the season... After this game that we just saw, Devontae Parker is number 20th on the season in wide, amongst wide receivers in PPR, number 15 on the season amongst wide receivers in standard. But here's where I really want to dive into his stats because if you look after their week six bye, so we're looking at the second half of the fantasy season from week six to week 13, I'm going to give you some Devontae Parker stats that are really interesting to me. In standard scoring, he is the second highest scoring fantasy wide receiver from week six to 13, only behind Kenny Galladay. Devontae Parker, 11.9 standard points per game. If we shift that over to PPR, he's number four in fantasy scoring with 138.3 PPR points from week six to week 13, averaging 17.3 points per game over that span. Something has switched a little bit in that Miami offense. They're airing a little bit more. They're kind of actually matching up. And let me give you, they obviously just played Philadelphia in week 13, and that that's great, but listen to the rest of their schedule, weeks 14, 15, and 16. They play the New York Jets, the New York Giants, and the Cincinnati Bengals. Those are their final three games and obviously we saw the porous Philadelphia Eagles defense get fucking torn apart by Parker and and for some reason he's he's finally emerging as the talent that we kind of hoped he was. He's nothing special, but this offense does seem like they want to throw the ball. The other thing that I want to point out about Parker is that he's just not giving you any duds. There's no duds. He's scoring pretty frequently. His yardage has been up there since the week five bye. And even before that, he has not really given you a dud. So here's a nice little stat that I'd like to give you again to kind of chime on how consistent Devontae Parker has been. He has had at least 50 receiving yards or a touchdown in every game this season. And he's really only dropped below 50 receiving yards once this season. And so you're you're talking about the, the model of consistency. If you can catch a few balls and get at least 50 yards, I'm not getting a dud, right? And then you look at the past three weeks, 135 yards, 91 yards, 159 yards, a couple of scores this past week. Realistically, you're not going to get a dud from him. And you saw what the upside is when you play as a bad defense and you've got Giants, uh, you've got Jets, Giants, and Cincinnati coming up in these next few weeks. Devontae Parker, I much maligned his career at the beginning, but it seems like maybe with Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's kind of honed in on him and, and this is a guy that can potentially win you your league. And, and he's been sitting on people's benches for the last few weeks. Armando uh, gave me some credit for once this week, and he was like, hey, man, you actually played uh, Devontae Parker over some other guys that you had on your bench this week, for example, like Alshon Jeffrey. That was a uh, bold move, but I'm like, no. I believe in my guys. When I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, and uh, I'm not bullshitting uh, the audience when I when I say that I'm going to do these things. Now, uh, the next guy I want to talk about is more of a guy that I I want you to focus on as how good I think he's going to be. Because he's not a guy that you're ever going to bench. Um, And I'll keep this guy brief. Uh, But Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is going to finish out these last three or four weeks, this span, as either running back one or running back two. Since Ryan Tannehill took over, Derrick Henry has been the running back number two in fantasy football and standard scoring. And that's that's not going to go away. I, I've said this before, uh, much to the chagrin of Dale, but I think uh, everybody will agree to, with me now. Ryan Tannehill is a better quarterback than Marcus Mariota. That offense and that team is better with Ryan Tannehill behind the the center. And Derrick Henry has been elite all year long. All year long. He's been consistent. He's gotten at least fifteen carries in all but one game this year. And in that game he had three catches, so he's still topped 15 touches. So we're we're talking about a guy whose floor, whose floor this season has been at 16 total touches and whose ceiling is 30 touches. And last three weeks, 188 yards, 159 yards, 149 yards rushing. And you finish out the season with Oakland, Houston, and New Orleans. I get it. You're not benching Derrick Henry. But what I'm trying to say here is he's not just a top 12 or 15 back for me and not just a top 15 five or six back. He is probably my number one running back to finish out the season is Derek Henry. Yeah, you heard me right now. I'm talking standard scoring. I think there's guys in PPR that I'd rather have. And I I know a lot of people listening and uh, are playing in full PPR. Uh, Even in half PPR, I'm still going to go McCaffrey and maybe cook, but top three in any format, any format. Um, So, there you have it. Now, I want to go a little bit deeper. That was kind of just a bonus guy I wanted to talk about there. A guy that I'm not just talking about starting with confidence. I'm talking about start him with confidence. like I'm talking about he is the best the rest of the season. I just wanted to point that out. But a guy that I would kind of want to start with confidence for the rest of the season, drum roll here. Guys, it's uh it's time. It's Miles Sanders' time in Philadelphia. And What I mean by that is after a weird point in the middle of the season where he wasn't getting a lot of touches, double-digit touches since their bye week, 11, 12, and 17 rushes, and two, three, and five catches in our last three games. So we're talking about uh, at least 13 touches with 22 touches in the last game. It seems like that's picking up. And they've got New York and Washington as their next two matchups, and, and and Dallas to close out the fantasy season. Three division matchups, three uh, games where I think the Eagles can score points on their opponent, and, and, and I'm really digging what Miles Sanders has as an opportunity over these next few weeks. Now, let's dive a little bit deeper with this. Miles Sanders is on the year, the running back number 21 in standard scoring. It's fine. A low-end RB2. Let's go a little bit further with that. Let's look at the last few weeks. Since the bye and the the three weeks that I'm talking about, running back 16. And as you progress and you go and, and you look at just the last couple weeks, it's starting to pick up even more. I think Miles Sanders is a guy for the fantasy playoffs where I'm talking about borderline RB1 moving into the rest of the season for the last three games or four games, wherever whatever you got to do. As Philadelphia enters four straight games, four straight divisional matchups, I think they're going to lean on their run game a little more. I think it's the only thing that's really been kind of working for that offense, Miles Sanders and Alshon Jeffrey. And, and take the hand, the ball out of the hands of Carson Wentz a little bit. who's He's been struggling a little bit. Let's put it a little bit more. In Sanders, and I, I, think you're gonna have a nice top twelve finish for these past, for these last three to four weeks, depending on how long your fantasy playoffs last. Most of you, is the next three weeks, Miles Sanders to me is a must start. So, Devonte Parker must start through the fantasy playoffs. Miles Sanders must start through the fantasy playoffs. We're talking about borderline wide receiver one, uh, you know, definitely a wide receiver two at least for Parker borderline rb1 definitely an rb2 for sanders and then obviously uh potentially the top running back um and and you know definitely a top five for the for the remainder of the season in derrick henry but that's just uh something i wanted to get off my chest and make you guys feel good all right that's it for my part let's let's hear these other guys hey
2: everybody dale here uh you just heard christian's clip good stuff um Hot fire takes, which is awesome. Looking forward to taking his advice. And then John is right after me. Then Armando is right after him, so stay tuned. Uh Christian didn't mention, but we do appreciate all you guys listening to us all year. I know we've been kind of in and out lately. Uh real life gets in the way. You know, we do this as kind of a, a side gig. We, you know, we hope to make it into something bigger one day. But for now, you know, we have families, we have jobs, um, you know, stuff that actually pays the bills. So uh, while we appreciate everybody listening, we're also sorry that we don't get to you guys enough. You know, our goal has always been three to five times a week getting stuff to you, but... Like I said, sometimes life just gets in the way. I hope you guys understand. Uh, Besides that, uh, you know, we had a really good season. So uh, we'll be back more, uh, you know, with more stuff soon. But really quick, I do want to throw in a quick plug. If you guys are watching any of the games and you're following us on social media, John and I have been doing a lot of stuff on Hot Mic. It's an app on the iOS right now. It's going to be going to Android. But if you download Hot Mic and you use invite code uh, RUSHESF, you get in that app, because that's how you kind of get in. You just, not everybody can download it. You need the invite code. But then once you get in, you can sync mine and John's commentary with your TV. And you can connect it to Bluetooth or just listen to it through your phone. And, uh, you know, we, we'll talk a little bit of fantasy. We'll talk, you know, John is great with the X's and O's stuff as well. So it's a lot of fun. Make sure you check us out. Just download the Hot Mic app and then use invite code RUSHESF. So before I get in here, I do want to, uh, I think it's worth mentioning... Um, a couple guys, I know everybody's kind of doing who to start and what to do. I want to go through a couple of, uh, you know, fuck that guy, um, hashtag FTG, uh, for all of, of you that is in the uh, private group here, but I'm going to go through a couple of fuck that guys, guys that you'd want to stay away from. I know we're getting a lot of people, you know, who, who to look for and who to start with confidence, but how about guys that, uh, maybe you should try to stay away from the first one I want to talk about is Chris Carson. As awesome as he's been and as good as Seattle's been playing. And the strength of schedule for Seattle in the playoffs is amazing. Week 15, they have uh, Carolina. Then week 16, they have Arizona, which is bottom of the pile for uh, run defenses. I know that's really juicy. It sounds really juicy. But we what we saw from Rashad Penny uh, last game was almost a 50-50 split in snaps and in carries and in yards. And then Penny got the extra touchdown. So Penny had two touchdowns compared to Carson's one. I'm not putting... a Everything you know, all my analysis on that one game, but I think it's definitely a trend that's going to continue. I think Penny has shown, uh, now that you know he has had uh, the opportunity that maybe he is what we thought he could be. So, I'm st- I'm I'm not saying I'm totally staying away from Chris Carson. I think he still has value, but I would temper the expectations. I know I think Chris Carson was top five in uh, percentage of plays played or percentage of snaps played. But uh, I am tempering my expectations. I don't think that's going to continue. I think it's going to be more 50-50 split moving forward, and you're going to see a lot of vulturing. And, you know, that goes both ways. Penny could take it down to the two, and then Chris Carson punches it in. But I would try to stay away from Chris Carson if you have better options. Obviously, really good matchups, easy to get it sucked into for sure. But, um, you know, we also seen, you know, good matchups. Uh, Russell Wilson throw for five touchdowns too, so that doesn't necessarily mean just cause it's an awesome matchup that Chris Carson's going to get, uh, you know, a handful of touchdowns. So I was just saying there temporary expectations on Chris Carson. He's really good. I'm not saying he's not, but, uh, he's looking more of a split. He's not going to be that bell cow that he was, or that he has been this season. So if you have Chris Carson, congratulations, especially uh, Chris Carson, that tough schedule, uh, mid season and he came out of it pretty good. So, um, Good luck, good luck to you. If you have Chris Carson, if you have Penny, same thing. You know he's not going to get the bulk of the work. He's not going to get two touchdowns every game like he did last time. Uh, you know you're playing matchups. I think Penny is very good, uh, a f- very good flex player. Week 15, 16, and even fourteen against the Rams here. I think that's good stuff. So check that out. All right, the next guy I want to talk about, strength of schedule is uh, is okay. Week 14, 15, and sixteen is a little dicey. Is Carson Wentz. I don't know if you're starting Carson Wentz, but if you have him, I would definitely be streaming my options through the playoffs. I know, you know, other people say, hey, you know, just start your studs. Don't get cute in the playoffs. And I say that a lot, but Chris Carson, uh, <clears throat> Chris Carson is, uh, is doomed pretty soon. Uh, he had a, you know, okay, mediocre season so far, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he threw forty-five passes for two hundred fifty-six yards against Miami. Um, so I'm not, I'm not putting too much stock into Chris Car. Uh, I'm sorry, Chris Carson. Uh, Carson Wentz. Oh, I went from Chris Carson to Carson Wentz. That's pretty good. And that that was not intended, folks. Uh, I should have made it more of a uh, of a thing, but I didn't plan ahead. So that's what you get. Anyways, Chris Carson does have a tough matchup. Super Bowl week, week 16 against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Week 14, he has the Giants. Week 15, he has the Washington Redskins. I expect both 14 and 15 to be run heavy uh, using Miles Sanders a lot. I think one of these guys, Christian or John or Armando, talked about Miles Sanders. Uh, I think it was Christian, actually, uh, that you just heard. But, uh, yeah, I'm expecting big games from them uh, and Chris Carson just to be a game manager more than... Throwing up touchdowns and a ton of yardage, so if you have Chris Carson, uh, Jesus Christ, if you have Carson Wentz, um, you know I would I would definitely try to think about streaming. You're going to hear Armando in a little bit talk about a really good quarterback uh, that you could easily stream or pick up if he's still available. So there you go. That's my uh, that is my quarterback, and uh, the other quarterback I want to mention, I've had this guy rostered, uh in two leagues and I have not started him on the right game and as Jacoby Brissett he's really good when he's good and he kind of stinks when he stinks so uh, you know he has up and down matchups throughout the year obviously I mean he had you know some good games some bad games and I just could not figure out how to start him every time I benched him he went off and then I put him back in and then he put up a dud but week 15 and 16 for Jacoby Brissett is really tough so again look for some streaming options there Um, Jacoby Brissett is a truly one of my fuck that guys, uh, just because it is impossible to gauge when he's going to be good and when he's going to be bad. I know Jack Doyle, uh, you know, John's going to mention him in a second, uh, has a ton of potential, but I'm not putting too much into Brissett, uh, you know, just, just that quarterback and the quarterback play. I think he still throw touchdowns and if T.Y. Hilton's healthy and then you have Jack Doyle as well. Uh, Mac is still out, but you know if that run, if he comes back soon and that run game gets strong, maybe that'll help him out a little bit. But still, week fifteen and sixteen are really scary for me. New Orleans and Carolina. There, uh, week fourteen is a pretty good matchup. Am I bold enough to try to start Jacoby Brissett week fourteen? Have all my playoff hopes on him? I'm not. As bad as that sounds, I'm just not. So, um, you know, I'd probably be starting Sam Darnold over Jacoby Brissett week fourteen, even though it's an awesome matchup for Jacoby. I'm just too nervous. I don't want to put my entire season on his shoulders. So, those are my guys. Again, we appreciate everybody listening, tuning in all year. Uh, we'll be back. Um, probably not doing four episodes a week, but we we'll always try to get to you once or twice a week until uh, you know your Super Bowl week. As always, if you have questions, email us contact at eatsleepfantasy.com. Uh, you can always go on our social media, reach out to us on Twitter, on our Facebook group, whatever. Um, again. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Uh, here is John. By the way, if you listen to the beginning of John's intro, he says something like, hey, Nation, or something like I think he was still, I think he recorded really early in the morning, and uh, he was still sleepy, or really late at night, I'm not sure, but it was a really weird introduction. It seemed like, uh, you know, he got surprised by the introduction and didn't know what to say. But thanks, guys.
3: Talk to you soon. All righty, Nation. This is John Chapman trying to get to you, letting you know some key players and plays that you are going to want to have on your roster going into the playoffs. Let's let's be honest. You listen to this podcast. You prepared your season correctly. You've done well. You've made a lot of nice pickups. You're going to be in the playoffs. So what about your strategy is going to change and there's a couple key players that I do want to talk about and it's going to be a little bit different first off is tight end Jack Doyle who's coming off a huge game but uh if you were following me on Twitter at JL underscore Chapman I was telling you all week Jack Doyle's a key play this week because Eric Ebron's on IR. You're going to be able to ride that guy. He is going to be a top five tight end through the playoffs for the rest of the year. He is special and if you look at his matchups they're great as well. He's got Tampa Bay, New Orleans on a primetime game is key but New Orleans does give up a lot to the tight end in Carolina. So Jack Doyle's going to get you to wherever you need to go. Now if you have one of the premier tight ends like George Kittle who has been up and down within injuries and been kind of taken out of a few games because of weather Uh, still start guys like Kittle but Jack Doyle is going to be a top five tight end now here's what I want to focus on and this is what to do with your roster once you are in the playoffs and this especially if you have a bye week so if you are the first or second seed in your league congratulations first off but also here's some of the things that I do First off, running backs are still going to be key. That doesn't change. But third down running backs are much less valuable. So for example, If you are in a league and you have lots of guys that are kind of just backup running backs like Deion Lewis, you know, something along those lines, their value is almost gone at this point because you know what your team is. The guys that's like, well, if things go horribly wrong, I can start him, injuries. Those guys you don't need anymore. What you need are high upside handcuffs. We saw last night in Monday Night Football – When Dalvin Cook went down, Mattinson came in and made huge things. So if Mattinson's available in your league, he should be the number one pickup this week. Those are the type of guys that you want on your team. That if um, a premier starter goes down, this guy can step in and he can be a league winner. So those are the kind of guys that you're trying to target in the running back position. Now the wide receiver position is totally different. You don't need that many wide receivers anymore. You know who you're rolling with. You know who your studs are. If you have guys like Emmanuel Sanders, there's no need to roster them anymore. Guys that are on the fritz, Uh, even guys like Christian Kirk that have been huge boom-bust plays, um, those aren't guys you need to roster anymore. So what do you do with those open roster spots? And this is one of the things I do in every single league every year I'm in the playoffs. Grab defenses, and I know that sounds weird. But even if you have an elite defense in the playoffs, it is time to look ahead. You are now going to win a championship. So you have three weeks, week 14, 15, 16, and you need to plan ahead. This is the time. I hate drafting more than one defense, and sometimes I don't even draft one defense if the draft's early early in the season. I wait and pick somebody up. But now is the time because we understand who teams are. And so I am fine rostering. Three defenses because even if I'm not going to play them um, To make sure nobody else in the playoffs is going to get one of those crazy swing starts from their defense that they just pick up off waivers. so I'm dropping uh, you know backup tight ends. I'm dropping um, kind of the Wide receivers that just haven't panned out or have been boom or bust that I can't rely on me Cole Hardman guys like that I'm getting them out of my lineups depending on how deep your team is now not so much in dynasty Keep those guys in dynasty, but here's two defenses that are virtually unowned everywhere that I'm going to roster, and I'll roster three defenses because that's going to stop teams from picking them up. Uh, number one is Kansas City Chiefs. Now, they have the New England Patriots this week. Don't care about this week, but their week's 15 and 16 matchups are against Denver and Chicago. Those are key matchups. One, you have Drew Locke, who's coming gonna be on his second start of an NFL start, early kickoff against the Chiefs. Bad things can happen there. You do not want your opponents starting the Kansas City Chiefs against you, and Drew Locke turns out to be who we thought he was, and he throws three touch three interceptions. So, and then obviously the Kansas City Chiefs, we don't need to talk much more about that. They cannot do anything on offense. So Kansas City Chiefs is one of those teams that I want rostered, even if I don't plan on starting them. Uh, that's fine. You don't want to start them, that's cool. Um, Next up is the Indianapolis Colts. I want to get the Colts on my team. Their defense has been great um, and very, very consistent outside of injuries, but that is somebody that I want to keep. They have Tampa Bay this week, New Orleans I don't want to start them, and then Carolina. Um, Again, we have seen (laughs) Kyle Allen have the game where he throws four-plus interceptions. I don't want that happening against me in the championship round. It's a good matchup. Um, So that's just one of those. The Colts are a team I would start them this week versus Tampa Bay. So there's going to be teams that put in waiver claims for them. Um, But after that, I just roster them. Uh, The only chance you have of starting them is this week against Tampa Bay. And the third defense that I'm saying to pick up is the New York Jets. Yes, you heard me correct. They have been awful. uh, But it doesn't matter. Why? Why? because guess what they have the Miami Dolphins now the Dolphins threw up you know a 30 plus burger on the Philadelphia Eagles but the Jets defense has actually played very very well and so you've got a week 14 matchup they have the Ravens on a short week uh, week 14 you're not playing them obviously there but you want to keep them because again they have Pittsburgh in the championship round going against Delvin Hodges or Mason Rudolph depending on who they're going to start that offense for the Pittsburgh Steelers has just been completely inept so just a little kind of quick way to make sure even if you're not going to play them let's say you have the Patriots or the 49ers defense yeah you're starting those guys week in and week out they got you there but these three defenses I'm going to roster in almost every single league just making sure that whoever plays against me, uh, they're not going to steal a great defensive matchup, and that's not going to be the reason why I lose in the playoffs. So hopefully this works out for you. If you have any questions, reach out at jl underscore chapman, and good luck in your playoffs.
0: All right, so my guy that I think is going to help you guys win the Super Bowl is Ryan Tannehill, um, and I know that sounds a little crazy. He went into this season as a traded to to the Titans as a backup but he has been amazing since he took over as a, as a quarterback. He's only managed one game with one touchdown so far since he started in week seven. And the rest of the season, he's going against Oakland, Houston, and New Orleans. Oakland is 31st, Houston is 25th, And New Orleans is 23rd. If you do not own one of the top four or five guys, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, even Aaron Rodgers has tough matchups, I think you have to go with Ryan Tannehill the rest of the way. He has been solid, he's reliable, and you want someone who's not going to fuck around and it's going to help you win the championship. So that being said, I think Ryan Tannehill is the guy that's going to help you win the championship. I'm starting him in SFB. Scott the Scott Fishbowl and I feel pretty good about my chances at least going into week 15 um, so yeah go ahead and start Ryan Tannehill without any nerves all right so for the second guy um, that I think you guys should feel really good about leading into a championship this postseason is going to be DJ Moore now the cool thing about DJ Moore is he has been one of the most reliable wide receivers so far this fantasy ball season and since week 9 he has either gotten 100 yards or a touchdown so Considering that, you want a player who's going to be there and score you points every week. You don't want someone like a Tyra Lockett or you don't want someone like a Mike Evans who he might throw a Gusek and he might you know, go for, five, for 30 points. You need those points to be there. His schedule isn't crazy either, which is really nice. He plays against Atlanta, who's 28th against the wide receivers, followed by Seattle at 16th and Indianapolis at 19th. The only thing I'm a little nervous about is... Ronnie Fair getting fired. But I imagine that they are going to throw the ball a lot more going forward with a new head coach. So I imagine DJ Moore will probably be a wide receiver too, if not a wide receiver one, rest of the way. Yeah! Eat, sleep, and sleep